Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And today we talk about how we can use the chakras within our aura fields to manifest our next best experience in the highest version of reality with author Dr. Susan Corso. So with that, Dr. Susan Corso, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Thank you so very much, Juan. It's lovely to be here. Oh, thank you for taking the invitation. I went through your work. I love the work. And I think there's even more that we can understand about our chakras and our, our energy fields, basically our Merkabas, or in Buddhism, they would call it your mandalas. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's even more that we can learn about this. So I love your book and the, the work that you provide. So before we get into that that conversation about chakras and frequency and, and how it affects our medical health and your experience here in the physical, can you tell us your story for how you even got into this? I had a psychic tell me uh, when I was 25 that uh, I had been a color healer in Egypt. And I thought, what? What? <laughs> Okay. What's a color uh, healer? Really? So a friend of mine took uh-huh. me out for dinner that night and and I was telling her about this and she said, well, let's go to the spiritual bookstore around the corner after dinner and look for books on color healing and see if any of this, you know, makes sense to you. So we, the two of us, her name was Susan as well, stood in front of these, this shelf of books on color healing and three of them fell on the floor in front of my feet. Oh, it, it wasn't knocked over by somebody else on the other side of them. There was no one on the other side, just a wall. And I yeah. looked down at the books. I said to her, Susan, and she said, uh-huh, get, just buy the books. Just buy the books. I So I start reading on the subway. And we're in New York City on the way home. And about 50 pages into the first one, I said to myself, you know what? I know this. I already know this. I don't know how I know this. I don't know why I know this. But from that moment on, people started coming to me and asking me if I could help them heal. Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything to anybody. I didn't say, you know, come and see me or make an appointment. None of that. They, Oh, I, I knew a dancer whose knees were giving her a hard time. And she asked if I could help her with her knees. And so she came and I talked to her about her grandmother because she was angry as all get out at her grandmother and sure enough her knees cleared up Mm -hmm. so thing after thing like that started happening and I got serious about the the study and of course fell over the chakra system and went oh my god this 
is the system that powers all the other systems in the human body. Mm -hmm. And from that moment, I was hooked. So all of, uh, I've had a counseling practice, a spiritual counseling practice for more than 40 years. I have done medical intuition. I've done healing, laying on of hands, healing, all kinds of things. And um, it all comes right back down to the chakras because I believe that the chakras are what I would call the divine spark. Mm-hmm. So that's the spark of the light force. It's a burst of white light. But the chakras are that burst of white light viewed through a prism so that you can a- actually see the different energies. And I personally work with eight major chakras, the seven that are internal from the base of the spine to the top of the head. And then an eighth chakra, which the rabbis discovered in the 1870s in front of the thymus gland. Mm-hmm. Out, actually, the color of it is the color that you're wearing, which is so cool. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, eighth chakra. It's the color of compassion. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's meant to be essentially uh, God's love or Christ love or Buddha love. as Christ opposed consciousness. To- Right. As opposed to personal love. Right. Right. So that's where you can love everybody you disagree with. That's where you can love terrorists. That's where you can love the bad guys, right? Is in this impersonal love chakra. So those are the eight that I work with and, and they set people free. Okay. So I have a couple questions about that. Um, cause I'd like to, understand your process for kind of how you got into this work the 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 different experiences you have because other people who listen to the podcast may be having similar experiences and so they they don't hear a lot of this information so to be able to relate to somebody else in the world that has progressed a little further along their um spiritual awakening and Mm -hmm. kind of soul work is helpful so um so first for the the eighth chakra um I have read before and looked at other modalities that typically you'll find the chakras match the number of planets in your solar system. So we have technically 13 planets, if you include Pluto, so 13 chakras. But it doesn't mean that for everybody, all the chakras or more, I've even heard more, it doesn't mean that all the chakras are activated in a specific person, just like Uh, when they do brain studies and they found that in some people they are able to reach uh, five or six dimensions of reality in their brain. Some people can reach up to 11 dimensions Mm -hmm. in their brain. And that's basically the the being able to perceive higher dimensions in your brain, which is how we're measuring that just basically means you're able to perceive more of reality, more of a higher Mm -hmm. denser reality. So if you're third dimensional minded and it shows up in your physiology your physical brain only registers up to third dimensions of reality that's what you're going to get you're not going to get the higher ones you're not going to communicate with angels um ascended beings you're not going to communicate with ets uh from different um, dimensions and different planets you know touring this area you're not going to have any of those other extraordinary experiences because you haven't got to that level of consciousness so that's what we know in um, in medical science, I'll put that link in the show description, but I bring that information, the scientific information 
up because that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to continue to evolve and raise our frequency so that we could perceive higher dimensions of reality and have a much more explosive, beautiful experience in the physical along with connecting with all these other beings. So, um, so you only stop at eight. Is that just because eight is where your benchmark is for the, the energy work and healing that you're here to do? No. Okay. Eight, eight is because they are the major ones. The in major ones. In fact, there are people who say that there is a chakra at every joint. Mm-hmm. So now if you if you look at a human hand, right? One, two, three in one little finger. Right. Right. So you're ending up with, you know, the standard Buddhist 108 chakras uh-huh. in all the joints. So different people have different chakras for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if somebody has terrible sciatica, mm-hmm. which would be a hip pain, a lower hip pain, an internal hip pain, there's going to be a chakra near that hip that is different than, say, mine, because mm-hmm. I don't have sciatica. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's going to be an a, an aggregation of energy there. So it's arguable that where you have pain, you have a block chakra. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be physical pain either. It can be emotional pain. It can be psychological pain. It can be spiritual pain. But it doesn't really matter. So I believe that those eight major ones are the accesses to all the rest. Okay. And if you're going to start and you want to make what I would call meta change, which is when you make a small change in in one of the major chakras, you change everything in your life Mm -hmm. because of it at one time. Mm -hmm. Right. So just for example, the first chakra realm in which it mostly manifests is health because it's about survival. Do you have water, air, clothing, food, shelter? heat, cooling, those basic things. So we experience that in the realm of health or safety. Mm -hmm. Okay. But health. Okay. So you're a fourfold being by your nature, Mm -hmm. body in order of density, body, heart, mind, spirit. Mm -hmm. So you have to do health on four levels. Is your body healthy? Is your heart healthy? Is your mind healthy? Is your spirit healthy? Oh, wait a minute. It suddenly gets complicated. So when you decide that you are going to accept the integrity that health itself is on a spiritual level, it's going to change your mind, your heart, and your body like that. Right, right. Um, The human body they have proven in in science will regenerate and your teeth regenerates every cycle your taste buds supposedly regenerates every 14 days you get a brand new set of taste buds your skin your hair everything regenerates um depending on uh whatever cycle it is on so if you change the like you say battery if you change the battery or the energy field that you're feeding into the the battery the mm-hmm then it's going to change the physical outcome of the battery. So your body is the battery. The components that create the energy field for that battery is your consciousness. And that consciousness is held in your chakras. 
correct? That's right. Your chakras are, are essentially your personal Akashic record. They're the record of everything they remember. So essentially, I would say in a Western model that the chakras are the subconscious mind. Mm. You know, I ask this to people all the time. Where's your subconscious? Well, my sub, well, honey, you can't know where your subconscious is because (laughs) it's subconscious, right? You can't be conscious of your subconscious, but it's an energetic awareness, Mm -hmm. right? How many times in your life have you ever walked into a room and known that there were people arguing? Oh yeah, you it's because you can feel the energy. You can feel the energy. You can, exactly. Uh, at the same way, you can go out into room or or some like let's say your grandmother that you really love has you know a lot of loving compassion for everybody, no matter how messed up you supposedly create your life. At that point in time in your life, um, can walk into a room and everybody just feels the the positive energy mm-hmm. because that person is exhibiting, you know, that Christ consciousness, that un- unconditional love. You know, which parents do exhibit that unconditional love, no matter how messed up their kid is, they're still going to stick up for them and try to help them. So that's like exactly dogs, right? Like dogs. Dogs is the same thing. You can beat up a dog, you know, still come crawling for you for love. It's unbelievable exactly. the amount well, of un- unlimited love. I think that the chakras are the key to unraveling every bit of human resistance there is. And that is what raises vibration. So you mm. can go to fourth, fifth, sixth, 22nd dimensions when you're no longer in resistance to what is. But at least in the West, and that's really all I can speak to because I wasn't raised in the Eastern traditions or rules, but in the West, resistance is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. You learn how to fight. You got to fight. You got to be tough. You got to put your shoulder to the grindstone. And I say, actually, no, none of that works. Or it it works for a time, Mm -hmm. but it also exhausts you, make you makes you sick, wipes you out, makes you unavailable for anything yummy like mm-hmm. relationships, unconditional love, because you're so busy pushing, 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 pushing. I go, whoa, wait, no, stop. That kind of pushing is not what we're here to do. It's just not. And that's a shocking idea for a lot of people. No, we are here to flow and we are here to live from the inside out. And resistance comes from living from the outside in. Right, right. So let's talk about the inside magic that everybody um, creates from the chakras, which manifests into our bodies as physical issues. So um, how does your physical pain, like your client that had the knee, the knee issue how does the physical pain an indicator of a a repressed um unresolved issue either in this lifetime or a past lifetime that you've carried forth in this incarnation since you chose to reincarnate into the physical once more can you explain the how that connection well uh, yes and no i can and i can't because there's really not And this is one of the loveliest things about chakras. There's really not a theoretical answer. Okay. 
So if I walked into the grand ballroom of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York. Great salad. Yes. In that that ballroom, there were 200 people who had knees that hurt. Mm -hmm. All right. Every single one of those people would have a different reason that Mm. their knee hurt. So So I might say to someone, okay, your knee hurts. Does it hurt when you're sitting down and not standing on it? Does it hurt only when you're standing on it? Do you have to move to make it hurt? Do you have to move to, in a special way to make it hurt? Does the pain have a color? Does the pain have a temperature? Mm-hmm. Does the pain have a voice? Can it say anything to you? If your knees could talk to you, what do you think they would say, right? Are mm-hmm. you favoring one, which is why it's throwing your hips out, which is why it's throwing your other knee out? So there are so many variables, which is one of the reasons that Western medicine is so frustrating is that we're, we're, we're still with the divide and conquer model, mm-hmm. right? In, in With bodies. Bodies are, a body is an integrity, just like a plant is an integrity. I don't mean integrity like, you know, a moral superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, integrity like wholeness, like, a, like an integer, a whole mm-hmm. number. You are a wholeness unto yourself. So if your knee hurts, I'm going to say to you, Vaughn, tell me about that. And you might say to me, well, I tripped and fell in a crosswalk the other day and scraped my knee. And it keeps rubbing against my trousers. That's a very different pain than, say, cartilage being gone and bone rubbing against bone. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's right. so many different variables. Right. Cause cause and effect. Well, let me ask you about the knee example. What if that person continues to find interesting ways to injure the same knee? Why is it always this knee? Now we're going to have to ask questions of where is this? This Why does this keep coming up? What if, yes. What am I supposed to let go of that keeps on manifesting the same broken knee? Mm-hmm. Um, this actually happened to my husband. He broke his knee twice in three months. The um. same knee. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Anyway, the idea of that is, okay, if you are re-injuring yourself, your consciousness is giving you a message. And that message is there is something here to attend to. And there is a blessing within that. Mm-hmm. Now, in the Western model, someone would say to you, something's broken and it needs fixing. I can't look at it that way. That knee that you keep re-injuring is Mm -hmm. connected to your thigh and it's connected to your shin and that's connected to your ankle and to your foot. Like, oh, what is going on here? Right. Like, whoa, wait. So if you're, so there is a whole science of the meanings of body parts Mm -hmm. and knees interestingly are often about humility Mm -hmm. and um going down on your knees say to pray right to be Mm -hmm. humble and uh and um honorable Mm -hmm. in front of the divine but a lot of times what it means is that somebody's exhibiting pride where they need to bring humility. Oh, 
So I ask, what are you proud of? And it's, mm-hmm. it's a shocking question because mm-hmm. they, they think they're there because their knee hurts. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, wait, pride. Well, I'm proud of this. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of this. And I do better than my brother in that. And I do better than my sister in that. And I do better than my dad did. And whoa, whoa, what is happening there? That's mostly, but isn't that mostly ego talk because you don't feel like you're enough? Some of it's ego talk, but ego is very good at drawing attention to itself. So there's a lot of pain in bodies because of egoic thought. Mm-hmm. And and I am not of the school that demonizes the ego. If you don't right. have an if you don't have an ego, it's a serious problem. Well, you need an ego. You need that 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 the dual aspect. Like the higher self needs an ego. The lower self needs a higher self. It's that mirroring effect. That's how we create. So well, and we also then know but, that there is a Vaughn and there is a Susan, and they are actually right. three thousand miles apart. <laughs> right, right. It just depends right. on the perspective, but 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 the. But often, oftentimes, when I hear when I hear that, it comes down to um, what in your life do you feel like you have to always like one up somebody? Uh huh. Where you have to defend. We always defend. You always right. protect. You always That's, paranoid. You, whatever, whatever. Right. Or yeah. get pushy or or obnoxious about yeah. it. Like, Me first. Well, I'm yes. I'm and the star. Right, and that's where you go. Well, wait. Um, Okay, so is it more important to you, and this is often a question I ask, for you to have that pride or for you to heal your knee? Right, right. And then then people are looking at me like, what? Like, what? wait, how does that? I go, well, what if there's something that you need to humble yourself in front of and learn from this person who you're constantly bragging in front of? What right, if this right. person is your teacher? Well, all the worst people are teachers. It, 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 it sounds really crazy, but every advanced Buddhist will tell you that the worst people that you hate are your biggest teacher because they they mirror to you what either you are or what you know you don't want. But both of those are things that we resist. So right. those are the people that show up. Right. right. You know, and, and at the same time, it's a, it's, a, it's a double effect because at the same time, you are their teacher because you mirror to them what they what they are allowed to do and what they are not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you exactly like you being the victim of the horrible person is actually either helping them learn by having disturbing boundaries going, oh, I guess that's not acceptable or by not doing anything and letting them just have at it. You're teaching them to get worse before you stop them. You like, instead of raising their bottom, you keep on pushing down their bottom. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes both ways. You both teach each other. It uh, totally does. It's like a yin You're and exactly a yang. Right. So You're exactly right. So let me ask you this, um, Dr. Corso. You previously worked with a a medical institution or a medical clinic that had about 20 different doctors. Um, MD doctors that after they worked with the patient clinically for whatever the ailment it was on their body, they would refer that client, that patient over to you as a client to work with them on a spiritual level to see 
what it is that's causing this issue so that they can at least get that mind, body and spirit health assessment. So how did you, can you tell us some cases of what you did in, in that experience? Oh, yes. So now here's one. This is a shocking one. I'll put your seatbelt on. All right. Um, a woman, a woman came to see me. She was an opera singer and she had lost the top third of her range. She didn't mm. know why. And I've been an intuitive now for 60 years. So uh, I I learned to listen to my intuition. and. And she had a bunch of contracts coming up in Germany to sing all different operas over the summer. And she was going to have to cancel them because she couldn't, mm. she just couldn't hit the notes. And uh, one of the doctors, an ENT, sent her to me. She'd been to ENTs up and down the East Coast. <clears throat> Nothing solved it. Mm -hmm. So I looked at her finally and I said to her, um, I'm going to shock you. She said, all right. I said, uh, how old were you when you had the abortion? Her eyes got this big and she said, 14 and I never told a soul. So how wait, do you know that? Right. So that's what I was going to ask you. So do you when you when you tune into somebody's energy field, is their energy field telling you the, the little secrets? The energy field, but also I have my own connection to divinity. Mm -hmm. And that particular connection for me is uh, the Holy Mother. So she takes all kinds of forms for me. Sometimes uh, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, often Guan Yin. Oh, Guan Yin. I love her. Yes. Woo, he's my rock star. Often Guan Yin. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. She who hears the cries of the world in English. My goodness, here this woman is crying out. Why can't I sing anymore? So I said to her, I'm going to give you two words. I want you to say them to yourself as often as you can for the next 10 days. And in right. 10 days, you'll be able to sing. And this woman looked at me like I was out of my mind. What does she have to lose? Really? So I said to her, just like this, te absolvo, which is what mm -hmm. a Catholic priest says when you go to confession. Now, mm -hmm. she didn't tell me she was raised Catholic, but she was. But the problem wasn't that she was raised Catholic and not a Catholic now. When she was mm -hmm. 14 and she had the abortion, she was in Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Of course, she used her Catholic beliefs. And I'm not bashing Catholics. I'm just saying that's how this woman interpreted it. In mm -hmm. 10 days, she could sing again. And she went to Europe and sang all her parts. And it was fine. Right. So there are odd things like that. A lot of times the doctors would send me their patients who had, um, I call them the causeless diseases, mm -hmm. um, fibromyalgia, chemical sensitivities, um, uh, Lyme disease, lupus, like all the systemic ones that they have, they really don't know how to solve it. Right. Mm -hmm. They don't even really know what causes it. I mean, even Lyme disease, which is caused by being bitten by a tick. Mm -hmm. um, they don't really know what Lyme disease is, except a guy named Lyme figured out that it was connected to ticks and deers. Mm -hmm. Right. But but solving Lyme, curing Lyme. So what was happening was these functional medicine doctors were getting people better a little 
Mm-hmm. But they knew that people could yeah, get yeah. much better. <laughs> You're just talking about takes I'm sitting going, <laughs> like I have a take. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a little empathic, so sometimes it's... It, it, Absolutely. So so they would send me the ones that were only getting sort of better. Mm-hmm. They sent me people with MS, for example. Nobody knows mm-hmm. what causes MS. Mm-hmm. What makes the the sheaths on your nerves suddenly peel off Mm. like electrical wires the plastic and the edge of an electrical wire doesn't suddenly peel off unless something happens Mm -hmm. right there's a there's a a problem how do you fix ms well why does the person need ms what is the blessing at the core of the ms what is there to be learned from the MS? And when the spirit of that person, when the heart of that person, when the mind of that person, essentially when the chakra system of that person opens to receive the blessing, a lot of times the symptoms abate. I had mm. one woman who had MS and she was a healer herself and she could not figure it out. So somebody sent her to me and six weeks she came to see me. She was in a wheelchair. Six weeks later, she was playing doubles tennis. Mm-hmm. Clearly, no longer in a wheelchair. What happened? Well, somebody held her so that she could heal it. And mm-hmm. she was willing to do the dimensional work. And sometimes it's a three-dimensional problem, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're, I don't know, you're eating uh, oranges and you have an allergy to them and you didn't know it. And mm-hmm. it has thrown everything kaflooey. You know, mm-hmm. my grandfather was in his late 30s and he had a heart attack. And his doctor said to him, you have to stay away from salt. Well, he stayed so far away from salt that by the time he was 60, he was he was close to dead. And they mm-hmm. said to him, when was the last time you put salt on anything? My grandfather said, I don't know, 35 years ago. And they mm-hmm. said, nah, salt on your on your cereal. For the next couple of weeks, you'll be fine. He just had stripped sodium out of his system, right? So yeah. sometimes it's as simple as a that, little bit, yeah, right. But other yeah. times, there's psychological, there's emotional, there's mental, there's simply belief systems or ideas, right? Mm-hmm. That oh, well, women can't be as strong as men might be a Western idea, right? Well, says who? Mm-hmm. says who but in, in what but the question with something like that because there's there's layers in what aspect of what do you mean by stronger are you talking right. physical stronger are you talking emotionally stronger are you talking you know willpower stronger with what aspect because everybody's working on something in their specific life and when you're coming to create your or manifest your physical reality you have to give the universe some specifics that's well, they'll exactly give you, right. They'll give you the wrong right. answer. Right. right, right. You'll get emotional strength and you didn't need it. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> what, what actually, what it is, is anybody's symptomology can show up on any one of those four levels, body, mm-hmm. heart, mind, spirit. The question is, can you, and it's kind of, I, I, will, I will be honest with you, Vaughn. I mean, I've been doing this work for 50, almost 50 years. So mm-hmm. that's that's long enough to get some experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and 
I have the damnedest time figuring out my own stuff. It's, you know, it's too close. I'm like, try to figure it now. If I ask my husband what he thinks about something, he could just break it open like that for me because he's yeah. far enough away that he can observe yeah. what I've been doing, right? That's right. what a lot of times, that's why I say to people, if they're going to do chakra work, find a partner. Yeah. Do your own chakra work, but find a partner and get someone who you trust to mirror you back yep. to you. Yeah. Because you live a little close to your own bone, really. Right. Yeah. Right? Even if you really, really, really want to know, still, even that desire to know what's going on can get in the way. It can become a form of resistance, right? Where right. a teacher or a friend or someone holding that with you could say, you know what, honey, just go paint the kitchen yellow and don't think about it. Right, right. right. Let let it rise up from within you. Because right. the chakra system is smart. Yeah. Totally smart. Yeah, what, what I found is that the things that we are working on the things that manifest in a physical body it's gone through a couple layers to get to the point where it's it, it's in our body that's like the last resort um and so it kind of you have no you have no choice but to be forced to deal with it you know if you can't walk you you bum you you broken your yeah. leg you're forced to deal with it that's you know true. you have a headache and you can't think of anything else you're forced to deal with it so when it comes to your body it's gotten to the point where now this is the last resort it's it's to get your attention and then of course the first thing that typically people are going to do is is try to put band-aid on it which is medical you know painkiller surgery whatever we'll see your md um that's a band-aid but it's still sitting there in your chakra field in that part of your chakra that is uh contributing to it so if you don't resolve the whatever issue that caused it to manifest in that part of your body, it's going to come back again and again and again in more creative ways. Hence, keep on injuring the same knee. How can you injure the same knee in three months or six months or in a year? It happens with my, my little sister. And I tell her all the time, but she knows the answer and she's working on it. And um, at least she knows, but she always has issues with her um, her foot, her foot and her ankle. And um, whether she tripped, she sprained it, whether she fell on a branch on that, that, that same one. I mean, there's so many different ways that she's hurt herself, took into a car accident. And um, and for Which some reason, it, Vaughn? Which foot? it's the right foot. Right. So she's it's, having trouble standing. Uh huh. Probably to a man. Yeah. Yeah. The, but. But not just not just that because not just that is also what I always told her is um, the reason why you're always having issues with that is you're having issues with transportation, moving forward in life, making decisions, being clear about yourself. Not just with men uh, because you haven't found the one that the one um, quite yet, but and until you have peace with yourself and you have. Uh, a full understanding of yourself until you're ready to date yourself, then the right person will manifest forward to you. But right now exactly. you're keep you're, you're getting what exactly what you are, which is a mess. So you keep getting a mess. 
So that's just that. But the same thing goes with other aspects of your life. You, it's the same consistent message of of you not being able to move forward. It's a it's a lack of being able to move forward because you don't have clarity. You don't have a um, a model or some kind of benchmarks that well, I'm going to work towards this. I'm going to work this. You don't have a plan um, set for for yourself. You don't have a. You don't need to have the full details, but a basic idea. You know, well, it sounds like what she's doing is actually pushing herself to go faster than she's ready to go. Right. Which is right. how she injures herself. Right? Exactly. She she gets she used to get herself into these jobs that she's totally not qualified for. And then she would quit within six months because she doesn't know how to do it. You know, which but eventually she learned to reframe what she wanted and then get put herself into a best fit scenario. She would date um different people and um it would be great full of facade but then as soon as they started dating her for, for a little bit she would just break up with them or self-sabotage because she couldn't keep up the act so it's the same thing it's the same theme over and over again but that's what what manifested so was from the so body her job right now is to turn herself into herself right right it's to learn her body her heart her mind and her spirit Exactly. And I get I get clients who love them as women who have uh, throat issues, throat chakra issues. Many of them have some kind of throat medical ailment. But mm-hmm. oftentimes it's just they don't know uh, the spiritual side is that they don't know how to vocalize or communicate what they want to uh, in their life in different areas, whether it's just relationships, whether it's money, whether it's jobs, whatever. And the second aspect of that also is that they don't know how to, they don't know exactly what they want right. either. So if, even if you can communicate to your, to others what you want, you need to know what you want to communicate. And if you don't have a clear idea on what you want to communicate, which is also part of third chakra, in, intuitive insight, Six that helps. Chakra, yes. Oh, six chakra. Yeah, intuitive insight. So um, that that helps as well because that's all tied together. But mm-hmm. um, that's a common one as well that I've noticed is not moving forward, and also having um, communication issues, which shows up in um, throat chakra as well. A lot, a lot of times that that's that manifests in thyroid. That's exactly it. Many of the female clients oh. have thyroid issues. Right. Exactly. And, and in their life, they don't know how to assess how they got to this point, what factors contributed to this point in their life, why they see and create life the way they do. And so it just it just bottles up into a throat issue. So there's a lot of self-analysis when it comes to chakra work because... It's required. It's absolutely required. Like, for example, if someone came to me with thyroid issues like that, I would never, ever have them work with their fifth chakra. I would have hmm. them work with their sixth chakra and their fourth chakra. Mm-hmm. Because that fifth chakra needs support from underneath it, from the love that's underneath it, and support from the intuition that's above it. Right. And when intuition and love meet, it's easy to mm-hmm. communicate what you want to communicate. Right. Right. So, where, like, if, if you were working in an emergency room and somebody came in with a gunshot wound, you wouldn't poke the gunshot wound. Right. You don't poke the chakra where you're having trouble. You work. And, and it's, this is the other thing that I teach all the time is 
it doesn't matter that you have a third chakra and it's a yoke yellow. What matters is that your third chakra is talking to your fourth chakra and right. to your second chakra. So it's a system. It's like if I if if I played a middle C for you and said to you, Vaughn, this is music, eventually it seemed to me, no, it isn't. It's a note. Right. Right. No, the music is about the relationships between all the notes and the order in which you play them. The same thing is tr- true of the chakras. That's why when I wrote these workbooks mm-hmm. that I wrote so that people would learn how to work with their own chakras, and it takes you past, present, and future mm-hmm. into chakra work. So what you learned about what happens in this chakra originally, what you're, how it's playing out now, and how you want it to play out, which is so mm-hmm. cool. But the point is you can start anywhere. You don't have to start with the first chakra. If you've got a third chakra issue in your solar plexus, a lot of times women have trouble in their solar plexus because they don't have a sense of power. Mm-hmm. I can't make a difference, right? Um, and I mean, welcome to patriarchy in the West. It's that's That's not complicated. That's just the way that is. But okay, then start with your second chakra. How can you follow your own passions and excitement to give you that power. Ah, and how does love in your fourth chakra play into that? You can start anywhere in the system because it's all connected. And right. if it's not connected, ow, there's mm-hmm. a real problem. Right, right. You know, there's this exercise in Buddhism um, to help. Not everybody has gotten to the point to be intuitive or empathic with the body and the energy field. Um, you've been doing it for 50 years, so you kind of have it down so you can kind of like feel people's um, chakras. But there is a way that anybody can do it. And, and it's a basic exercise in Buddhism. You take a dowsing rod and you just, if it's pointed on the wall and there's no energy there, it's basically not going to move. But when it comes to people, because we emit these energies from our chakras, if you take a dowsing rod and you point it at the different chakras, if it moves a little bit, that's that's about normal, it's about balance. But if it goes like, woo, 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 goes haywire, it's telling you imbalance, imbalance, big swings, imbalance. And you could, I've done this for my whole life. And it's always the same. Before anybody opens their mouth about what's going on with them, you just do the uh, dowsing rod exercise where you just go down the line and make notes of which chakras are going out of control that the that the the dowsing rod is picking up, and lo and behold, it's it's the specific chakra that is related to the specific issue in their life that they're working on. So exactly. like it, so and so we can all do this, and and when you work on that issue and you get that clarity and that and that healing. You recalibrate yourself by taking the dowsing rod and going down your chakras to see how you are, how your energy is being projected. It will not go into big swings anymore. So anybody can do this super, super easy exercise to measure is your chakras in good balance. And I've done this with people who have where let's say that their their throat chakra is going crazy on the dowsing rod, and I would say, well, you obviously have issues communication with what's going on. They're like, oh, I'm having issues talking to my mom and blah, 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 my husband and whatever. It's like, okay. Then you then you almost play a little bit like a psychologist almost like, okay, what are you trying to communicate? And then you break it down. And at once they see how to address it, how to communicate it and how to work with it, 
in the most peaceful, loving way, you recalibrate and that chakra is not swinging like crazy on a dowsing rod. It's that simple. And so even if you don't have the sixth sense developed yet for that, you can still do it with the dowsing rod. It's super Um, easy. We walk around with our problems in our chakras. That I think that's true. I all it works with a pendulum as well. The other thing is, you know, people have asked me for years and years about auras. Can I see auras? Yes. And it took me until I was 26 to figure out how to turn them off. Because I mean, I lived in New York City for many years. So can you imagine walking down a sidewalk in New York City and having not only all those people, but all their auras too? Oh, it's a mess. It was a nightmare. It was a total nightmare. So for 26, I finally turned them off and thought, you know what? I'm not looking at anybody's aura unless someone asks me to right. from now on, right? And how did you but, turn them off? Well, um, when I was younger and used to get my period, it was much worse when I got my period. Uh-huh. So I decided I would um, look at people's feet on my way ho- from home from work one day. Mm. And, and I started to see auras around feet. And it was a Friday <laughs> afternoon. It was 3 million <laughs> degrees in New York City. And I was hot and crabby. And I finally, I was at 52nd Street and Madison Avenue. And I said out loud like a crazy person, that's enough. And they went away. Mm-hmm. And I, I went, wait, what? Anyway, I got home. I took a shower. I poured myself a Pepsi. I said, okay, mother, holy mother, what is going on here? And she said, oh, you know, it was like Glinda. You could you could go home anytime you wanted. You had the shoes, right? You yeah. could turn them off anytime you wanted. You just never asked. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. But here's the thing about that. I don't, when someone asks me to diagnose their chakras, I don't look at their aura. Mm. I imagine now this is going to make you laugh, but I imagine almost like a gingerbread person in my head. It's Mm -hmm. not like this perfect, you know, human body, Gray's anatomy drawing, right? It's a gingerbread person. I go, okay, where are things stuck? Where are they over vibrating? Where are they under vibrating? And I just get an intuitive sense of it that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when they're talking about energy and stuff, seem to think that they need to see it with their physical eyes. Mm-hmm. I know somebody, I have a, I have a uh, an apprentice who smells chakras. Mm. Oh. Okay. If that's how you at how you relate cool good enough right what does a different chakra smell like to her it smells like different kinds of perfume oh and the deeper the lower the chakra the muskier it gets so this is a person who's got a highly trained nose olfactory sense she's highly sensitive she, I mean, she can pick up on what kind of dryer sheets you use for your t-shirts, you know, she's right. that sensitive and she has a memory for scent, right? Mm. Like, like she'll say, oh, those are bounce dryer sheets. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very weird, but okay. It doesn't, you know, your way of getting your shock, your own chakras is the right way. Mm-hmm. Right. I know people who draw them. I know people who write down stories about them and get that. It's 
It is different for absolutely everybody. It's one of the reasons when I take apprentices, I say to them, listen, I'm not going to teach you what I do with chakras. I'm going to use what I do with chakras to teach you what you can do with chakras. Right. Right. Right? Because it's much more important that you have your own skill set than that you learn some way that I developed over 50 years because Mm -hmm. of what came through my office door. Right. right. Who knows what? The, I mean, maybe that woman is going to go into the perfume business and make a million dollars. I have no idea. But she's totally into smelling chakras. All right. <laughs> Whatever works. So my point is, wow, these are magical repositories of all of who you are from your inception as a soul. So. Wow, how amazing. The thing that is so hard to take these days is that very few people know about them. Yeah. Right? Certainly in the West, that's not knowledge that most people have. I mean, you think about this. Doctors go to medical school and they study 11 systems. Well, anyone Mm -hmm. who knows anything about numerology or mystical numbers knows that 11 is not a mystical number. It's an angel number. It's an angel number. 12 is a mystical number, right? The 12 tribes of Israel, 12, you know, houses of the Zodiac, all Mm -hmm. that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. 12 chakras. The Mm -hmm. 12th system is the chakra system. Right. Only doctors don't know about energy. Right. Because you know why? Because there are no insurance codes for chakras. Right, (laughs) right, right. There aren't. Which is why it's so empowering. You know, I know I wrote the workbooks, but uh, you don't need them. What you need is the ability to slow down and pay attention to you from the inside out. Right, right. Because right. your chakras are communicating with you all the time. All yeah. the time. You know, I have the same blessing. My husband is a really good mirror for me. So when I'm, I'm, when something's not, um, right or something slow or whatever the deal is i always ask him to get his insight and then i ask him he's he's so used to it now like if i am having um some kind of right ear issue and keep on scratching it or whatever and i'll ask him what 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 do you think that is i mean what am i not listening to (laughs) you know it's like like, well you know you really didn't listen to your little sister when she told you that like okay i'm gonna work on being because i've heard the same complaints for like 30 40 years so i'm like okay i'll work on being a little bit more understanding about the same issue but (laughs) i'll work on being a little more understanding because i understand everybody has a, a different level of consciousness and they're they're learning at the the pace that works for them. <laughs> so her pace is a little slower. So well, I'll be a little more patient. Feet, feet are literally mystically about understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, they stand under you. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So so people understand. Okay. So, okay, great. I understand, Dr. Corso, that if I'm having a physical problem, obviously I go to the doctor, do the best I can with modern medicine. But then also... I also need to address it on a spiritual level so it doesn't keep coming back and repeating in my life over again because I don't want the same ailment that's expensive and a pain in the, pain in the butt. So um, so now they're going through and figuring out which chakra is out of balance. I've done this. So let's say they, say they use a dowsing rod or they, they are already intuitive and they don't know which one it is. Then they have to diagnose it, diagnose it, 
and then work through it so that they can understand the life lesson that is manifesting in that unbalanced chakra so that it doesn't repeat into physical ailments for the same area in their body. So so now I don't call those lessons anymore. I call them blessings. Blessings. I like that. Right. It's blessings. And it's because we make lessons in the West anyway, we make lessons punitive. Mm. You didn't that 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 no. Right. You could have but, 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 right. No, no, that's not what this is. What is the gift in the midst of I mean, it's literally the Tao. It's the yin yang right there. Right. What is the gift in the midst of the darkness? What is the gift in the midst of the light? Well, mm. the darkness is in the light and the light is in the darkness. That's we live on a planet that's based on polarity. Mm. We have to work within polarity. So, yeah. Okay. Yes, you handle the physical symptom and then you ask the questions. And in order, heart, mind, and spirit. Okay. So heart is like water, mind is like air, and spirit is like fire. Body is earth, right? So that's the four major elements right there. Mm -hmm. So you're ha you've handled earth. And this is what you said, you know, it takes a while for it to get to your body. So mm -hmm. it takes a while for your body to heal, mm -hmm. but you can make your body heal faster by finding out what you're, what you're feeling about it, what you're thinking about it mm -hmm. and what you know about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. What do I think? What do I feel about this? What do I think about this? What do I know? And you live those questions while you're taking your antibiotics or using the cream or going to physical therapy, whatever the thing is that you, the medical thing is that you're doing, you will make the medical thing go faster. Right, right. It's just like the painting that you have behind you that you got. Um, you want to <laughs> tell a story really quick? Because because I I realized the reason why that, that painting is so relevant to your life work, because you have all the chakra colors there and that's your eyes. And it's it's about getting clarity in your life through your chakras exactly it's, per it's a perfect exactly it's a perfect right. analogy for the, the painting so <laughs> tell people funny. who's curious how did you get this painting and why is why did you pick it um i didn't um i had for two years clients of mine said to me there's a painting of your eyes in cambridge this was in massachusetts and so one day i was on the street where the gallery was not aware of it at all and almost rammed the car in front of me because there was the painting. I pulled into a parking lot across the street, walked to the gallery, and I said to the guy, that's my painting. He said, oh, well, are you going to- He just happened to be at the right, I mean, he just happened was, to just be at the right, right. gallery? It was perfect. It was perfect. Uh -huh. Right. That's that. There's no happenstance. To oh just no, indeed. Happen indeed. to I drive by them. I brought them home. <laughs> and it's talk about messages, right? Talk about blessings. I mm -hmm. he came that afternoon and hung it in my house. And would you believe my spouse at the time said, "I hate it." Uh. -huh. And that was the moment I knew my marriage was over. Oh. <laughs> in a good way. Okay. That was when I began to heal. Mm. That this person could not see what was so obvious. 
that I had to have this, right? Well, it turned out that the artist was a young woman who just graduated at, uh, from school and she was a bioethicist. She's studying the legalities of cloning and all that stuff. She was 20. That's very relevant at this time. <laughs> it, well, indeed. And it was the first painting she ever sold. So I mm. love the idea of supporting young artists. But it, people say things to me about it all the time because they really are my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they really are. I know. I, it's wild. I, I love that. Okay, so let's do some practical exercises. And just really quick, I had two questions uh, that came up to mind that I wanted to ask. Um, So the opera singer that you worked with, um, mm-hmm. when she addressed um, the unresolved issues, unresolved emotions that she had about the abortion that she did when she was 14, at the moment that she actually did that healing, that insight work, um, at that time, did did she send that energy healing to that 14-year-old girl who's currently going through that abortion experience? No. No. Can you explain how yes. this works? Yeah. Yes, because, I mean, you can do it that way, but um, what you do is it, it's not what happened to the 14-year-old that's causing the problem, mm-hmm. right? It's what you what she's done with it now. 40 years later, right? Oh, okay. Right. So I said to her, just te absolvo means I forgive you. Right. I mm-hmm. said, every time you, you go to the bathroom, go look in the mirror and you say te absolvo. Look in your own eyes and say te absolvo and understand that you are forgiving the, all, excuse me, all of yous from 14 to now. Right. The 14 year old, the 15 year old, the 15 and a half year old, the 17 year old, the 22 year old, because all of those people, all of those ages of herself all had their different opinions Mm. related to what she'd done. Right. And it culminated in this throat thing. Mm. Right. But when what she was essentially doing was punishing herself for for going against God's will, right? One of the things I said to her before I let her out of my office that day was, um, how do you know that you didn't do a great service for a soul and a great service for God? And she said, what? Mm -hmm. I said, well, some souls only need to be here for six weeks. That's true. It's part of the pre-life plan. Right. So how, how do you know that that soul isn't supremely grateful to you mm-hmm. for, and it turned out that deeper and deeper and deeper was guilt that her mother had handed her uh, about not getting married at uh-huh. 20 or, or, or at 18 when she graduated from high school because she wanted this opera career. Right. And it was her mother's belief system um, projected onto her that she didn't know how to throw off. So it wasn't necessarily the abortion because no, it was the, all the, the things that she had thought about it okay. since then. Okay. So, so, so when you peel the la- the spiritual layers of the blessing in that experience, it wasn't necessarily in her specific case, it wasn't the abortion because, the soul of that baby may have pre-planned just a short time and she was the vessel in which 
they could have that experience and then she could have the experience of having the abortion. But the abortion was a symbol of this greater issue with her mother and the perception about not meeting up to the female expectation that her mother had for her about not getting married sooner and having babies and la la and la la. throwing okay. off all of the projection of mm-hmm. the Catholic Church on her. Right. Right. I mean, th- take the dogma of the Catholic Church and try and peel that off somebody, bless you, who's 14. Right. Like, wow, you don't you don't have the mental capacity at 14 to parse that out intellectually yet. You probably get all the brain cells you need to figure that out by the time you're about 30. So wait a minute. Right. But often I find that what people think is, you know, in psychology, they call it the presenting problem, mm. right? Oh, uh, I'm I'm angry at so-and-so. And it turns out that the person isn't angry at so-and-so at all, but they're, they're really angry at their, you know, second grade teacher who wouldn't let them draw the way they wanted to or whatever it was, right, you know, who right. shamed them on the playground. But point being, it doesn't matter what the catalyst is for healing. What matters is the core of it. And sometimes Mm. you get to know what the core of it is and you need to know. And other times you just don't. Right. I had a teacher in seminary who used to say that her best prayer was, um, and I love this because it rhymes, heal what needs to be healed and reveal what needs to be revealed. Mm -hmm. I don't need to know all the nitty gritty stories of the things that happened to get me here. Right. I need to change where I am right now. Right, right, right. Right. Which is why I chose Latin words for that woman, because those are the words that would have undone it then if she'd confessed to a priest. Oh, that's really who good. Was, who was real, right? If a priest was real. But in those days, now mind you, we're talking. In the 1960s, those priests would have shamed her and made her wrong and punished her and talked about it and told Mm -hmm. her parents, which is why she never told anybody. So she never got to confess. Mm -hmm. So what I did once I confessed it for her was I gave her the confession words that absolve her. Yeah, yeah. She just needed the talk tracks. She needed to understand what, what, what caused the problem. And then talk tracks to resolve it. Exactly. And that's awesome. Now, does karma play any part in the healing? I mean, like I if think- somebody had some karma that they have unresolved karma about what they did in a past life that may be may come forward in a current life um, between them and somebody else. Uh, let's say they are having the physical ailment and working on this to heal themselves spiritually after they've already worked on it physically with their md um does karma stop some healing if they're meant to have that pain i mean Um, how does it play into it uh, okay so i believe that karma does play into it but i never stop at karma as an explanation. I think people in the West, healers in the West in particular, 
first of all, misunderstand karma extraordinarily. <laughs> but but in addition, um, it becomes sort of a shopping bag problem mm-hmm. solver. And it, that isn't what karma is. Karma in itself, the law of karma is so specific. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best example I ever heard someone explain about karma was um, she knew someone who was a, a very, very serious drug dealer, mm-hmm. dealt um, like high end heroin and, you know, Colombian jets and things like that. I mean, it was sure, like sure, a big sure. deal. Sure. And um, she said to me, what better way to resolve the karma of prosperity? Ah, wow. Like here this person has Boku books, came from nothing. Mm -hmm. And he's learning how to have money. But he's learning the dark side of having money. Mm-hmm. Not the healing side of having money. Well, right. You got to learn all the sides of the lessons because here we live in a pol- polarized world, right? A, in a world based on polarity. So, yes, karma can play into it, but I don't think karma is ever unchangeable. Right. And well, it's, it, it, I think, the key. Right, right. So, in like, in like Buddhism, my understanding of karma is karma is just unresolved issues that have created an energy block that stayed in your aura field. And when you choose to reincarnate again into another physical experience, at some point in your infinite existence, um, that you come back with what you left off with. So if you left off with a unresolved issue that may have caused pain and suffering, that lesson or blessing, depending on how you want to see it, it's going to stay in your energy field and it's going to come boop, right into the the new the new body that you incarnate in with because that energy field hasn't been resolved um so it's well, just opp- usually you choose that i believe right right you choose but- oh okay i'm bringing this one with me i need to figure out how to be okay despite this yeah i'm going to resolve this this time yeah i'm going to i'm going to work on this I'm going to get overcome it and I'm going to turn it into positive. So, so much about karma. So let's, let's, let's do a little bit of exercise so people can understand a little bit more about how our life blessings um, show up in our chakras. So I'm going to give you um, the chakra and I'll give you a little bit of the Buddhism um, understanding Mm-hmm. And it's very high level Buddhism understanding. There's more to it. And then if you can provide us a little bit more insight as well so that we can work on that in our own lives. So let's start with the red root chakra. So in Buddhism, it basically it signifies an imbalance of safety issues, relationship issues with family, second guessing yourself. Um, you know, in uh, in Eastern energy medicine, it is a symbol of needing to free oneself from family and cultural ties that bind them from moving forward or growing in their in- independence. So it's really kind of survival. Am I going to make it enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? Am I going to, um, you know, come through for everybody? You know, those kind of survival questions. Um, what is your insight from that? 
for the root my, chakra. Well, first of all, all the things you said, I completely agree with. But but I actually think that the first chakra is about the birth of the physical body. Mm-hmm. And the first chakra covers the ages of zero to seven. And in in the uh, the biological ages of zero to seven, so plus in utero. So what happens is you for the first seven years of your life, you're like learning how this place where you mm-hmm. live works. Oh, well, I have two arms, and one can go forward, and one can go back, and one can, mm-hmm. can go up, and one can get you know. I mean, you learn the mechanics. That's the first chakra, right? And when you are born into a family or a clan or a race or a type that insists that you conform, mm-hmm. there is a fundamental choice in that in that place. And that fundamental choice is, do I wish to belong to this or do I not? Mm-hmm. And that's that's like a tea in the road decision, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I need this belonging. Oh no, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm going another way. Yeah, that's really good. That's, that's that's good framework for the root chakra. Okay, the next chakra is your orange sacral chakra. So it basically blocks of um, of creativity. So creativity can be sexual experiences, can be um, creative, creative problem solving, can be creative just in like art, just being creative in how you see things and do things. So you kind of have a block in creativity. What do you want to say about the uh, the spleen sacred chakra? Well, the second chakra is completely different than that. So that's interesting. Um, uh, yes, creativity is there, but creativity in a regeneration way. That's where uh, your sexual organs are identified. Right. For, well, people people with addictive habits of abusing drugs and alcohol, drama, arguments, um, various forms of addictions, they often have an imbalance in their sacred chakra. I mean, is there some kind of link to that? No, I, not in my experience of it. My experience of it is that addiction is different in every, the cause of it and where it lives in the chakra system is different in every mm, single person. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the second chakra is what is, is okay. I, f- I feel I have emotions and it's your, it's actually the emotional barometer that tells you how you are. Right. Mm. It's that it's that energy that when you walk in the room and you know people have been arguing, you're like, oh, I want to get out of this room. Right. Mm-hmm. Same time, if grandma's there entertaining everybody and she's like a love bunny, you want to go right to grandma, right? Right. Right. But so it's it's the, it's that, huh? How am I in the world? Mm. Oh. I'm feeling good, which is why uh, spiritual teachers like Mike Dooley, for example, mm-hmm. says the only job that you have is to be happy. Right. This is where happy lives. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Next one is the yellow solar chakra. So this one just basically signifies weak personal power. Um, do you want to explain on yes. what what uh, imbalanced chakra, solar chakra would mean? Well, the third chakra is, yes, it's about personal power. um, And it's where we actually learn to be confident Mm. Mm. in our ideas, in how we feel about the world, 
in actually making choices, right? I think this is where free will lives. Mm. Third chakra, right? No, Mm -hmm. I'll have the turkey, not the roast beef, right? Like the people who decide, right? This is where decision is made. It's where, and decision is a fascinating word because it means from cutting away. Mm-hmm. Cutting right. away the other choices. Yes. Right. Like yeah, decision as opposed to incision, which is cutting into, right? Yes. Decision is cutting away. So mm-hmm. this is where you cut away. No, I don't think I want to be a ballerina. I think I want to be a fireman. Okay. That's a very different path. That's right. That's where you do that. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Um, the next one is the, we talked a little bit about this, the throat chakra, which is basically. No, no community- heart chakra. Well, well, uh, I'm doing the, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. I just skipped the green heart (laughs) chakra. Sorry. The green heart chakra, which signifies the ability to give and receive love from, for yourselves and others. Amen to that. And it's personal love. Mm. So this is the love that you have for your family, for your siblings, for your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your dog. This is the personal love that you feel right now and that you and that you receive that you give and that you receive right mm-hmm. i can always tell when somebody's ready to be in a relationship again because what they say is not i want to be loved again they say i want to love again mm-hmm. when you're focused on the giving part of the love you're ready yeah it's not yeah it's not just about me it's like I'm ready. I'm already am in the position, but I'm ready to to give it. Okay. So the next one is the turquoise throat chakra. There you go. Okay. There Communication go. So talked, issues. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about that. I think this is where creativity um, mm. lives. But creativity in the sense that what in Western civilization, um, like it, don't like it, we live in a Judeo-Christian world. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that our mythological divinity Mm -hmm. spoke reality into being. It's true. This is where we speak. Let there be. This is our let there be. It's the first frequency. It's the first frequency. What is it? Yeah. Sound and frequency creates physical form. That's right. So how do you, you express your ideas, your Mm -hmm. decisions from your third chakra in in your fifth chakra, right? You Mm -hmm. say, no, I don't want turkey. I'll have roast beef. You'll, you'll say, no, I don't want to go out with that guy. I want to go out with that guy, right? No, I don't, I want to wear pink, not black, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. so this is where you act on your choices, Right. right. This is where you risk because you say what you want. And it's so interesting because so often when people come to see me about fifth chakra issues, it's actually neck trouble, not throat trouble. Mm-hmm. This right? area. Mm-hmm. Right. So neck, the neck is the opposite side of the throat, everybody. This is not complicated. And right. And neck trouble usually has to do with being stubborn about something. Mm-hmm. Right in yep. in in East in Western scripture, the stiff-necked people, right? Stubborn. What are you being stubborn about? Are you being stubborn about something you do want or something you don't want? Mm-hmm. This is where the action of free will happens, right? Which is why so interesting. You'll like this. I say all the time, but most of us live on free won't, not free will. That's true. <laughs> 
which is ridiculous. Think of the number of times you've heard somebody say, oh, I just don't want you to feel blah. I just don't want this to happen. I just don't want that. I I stop people now. I don't have the time or the patience. We say, we say, many people say no more than they say yes. Yes, exactly. And why would you want to spend any time focused on what you don't want? But that's what we do all the time. We're constantly saying no and stay with me. And oh my God, this is about what you do want. Putting walls around things. Free will, taking action. And if, and, and you have every right to be quiet until you know what you want. Yeah. And when you know, you have to speak it. Yeah. Communication, throat and communication issues is also a matter of understanding what is it you want and getting clarity and then communicating it. So there's a process that that one's a very essential, you know, your book, God's Dictionary kind of helps approach these tough questions with grace. So just so people there, that link is in the, the, the show description as well. I'm okay. really proud that the 20th anniversary edition of that book is out. Yeah, well, perfect timing. Okay, two more chakras. The third eye brow chakra. Right. Actually, no, I, you know, let, let, I skip one. The indigo brow chakra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this one signifies spiritual ambiguity. Do you want to add insight? Oh, that's interesting. Yes, I would say this is where you. This is where your intuition lives. Uh-huh. This is where you know from the inside out what you want. Right. More yeah. Lacking a connection to your higher self as yes, well as that, a direct that, connection to God. That within. no direct connection to God is the seventh chakra. This is the seventh. This okay. is this the direct connection to your God self. Oh, okay. Your God self. Okay. Right. Your divine spark. This is mm. the, the highest part of you that is within you. And then you have the seventh, the violet seventh chakra, which is the crown chakra, which is your direct connection to divinity. Right. Right. But this one is, huh, what do I know? And I honestly believe, Von, it's, everybody... it's, like, it's like intuition. It's like a, yes. a foggy it's, intuition. Everybody has intuition. Oh, there yeah. Everybody no does. one mm-hmm. without it. Mm-hmm. Now, do we honor it? Do we pay attention to it? Do we listen to it? Or do oh, I knew I should have done that. I knew I should have done that. <laughs> right, Darn it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And after a while, if you if you actually use your, in, this is what I recommend to people, use your intuition for low stakes things. So mm. let's say you have three errands to run. You have to go to the bank and you have to go to the dry cleaner and you have to go to the grocery store. Say to your intuition, what should I do first? Mm-hmm. Right now, normally you would go to the bank first because this and this and this and this and this. No. And your intuition says, go to the grocery store. So you go to the grocery store and what happens? Well, you run into somebody who you really needed to see, right? Yeah. Your intuition. So use your intuition for low stakes things. And then when you do and you get used to what it feels like inside you, then you can use it for high stakes things. Don't start with, shall I marry him? (laughs) <laughs> really don't if you want to know about that you, cu- you call me and you make an appointment <laughs> that's hilarious um oh that's the guy's not gonna like that one <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> you know in, or um, should in, i marry her or Come should on, i marry her yeah you know in your book god's dictionary um, it really helps reframe some of the same statements so that it's more impactful one of the things is is when you understand and get clarity, then it's a matter of communication and reframing it 
so that it, it comes out, it, it's delivered and received a little bit more, um, more successfully. So I'll give you a Buddhist, a Buddhist example that I would typically do. And you provide me a suggestion for how to reframe it. Okay. That's so, really what I do most of the time is, is reframing. We, we're, we're constantly reframing consciousness and reality. So <laughs> we're constantly, uh, like, because we'll get thrown different blessings and like, okay, how do I reframe this? How do I get clarity? How do I see this in a, in a more beneficial way? So, um, and that's, and that's, that's the journey. That's the soul journey. So the first example is, is you're, you're, you understand this from the West. You got to repent and ask for forgiveness. Repent, 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 repent. And, and it's gotten so point to people like, can you define what repent is? And most people are like, ah, you know, uh, just repent. Okay. We, so the Buddhist perspective of this common uh, solution is I acknowledge my error. I seek to make right what I did wrong. I let go of the anger of what you did to me, and I let go of the anger of my part in the situation. I release myself from any attachment that I had to this suffering. That's the Buddhist example of you got to ask for forgiveness and repent, repent, repent. So what would you say for um, this common it would Praise. depend on what the situation was, right? Okay. Nine times out of 10, I would say repent means turn around. Mm. Right. So that has several um, ways to interpret it. One is turn your back on the situation and ignore it. Let it go. Right. That's the detachment piece mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Right. No, you, you don't have to. You don't have to tell the story over and over again. You right. know, we 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 dig our own neural trenches by right. rehearsing our difficulties, right? Oh so, God, so, yeah. We torture ourselves by rehearsing it over and over again. Oh, right. Don't, and don't calling, even get to the solution part of it. And telling and posting it on <laughs> Facebook. No, 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 no. Don't no, do no. that. Don't to, do right, that. Repent means turn around. To g- let that go. But the other thing that repent can mean is to walk around behind the other person who you hurt or who hurt you and to attempt to look through their eyes. What yeah. happened for them? You can only clean up your side of the street. The Buddhists are right, right? But that doesn't mean you cannot bring or offer compassion care and kindness that's what the eighth chakra is about mm-hmm. it's about immunity from hurt so that you can offer god's compassion when you yourself don't have any right right, right. so i don't like you very much right now i don't really love you right now but god loves you anyway yeah. so i want to try to bring my best self to this can you tell me what was going on for you right and oftentimes i've i found for from in many cases it's unknown behaviors that they have adopted from um being influenced by their childhood and the different people that have come through their life and they have picked up certain belief systems and um patterns from their their upbringing that i con- unconsciously is a pattern that's been carried for multiple generations so, um, so and you just, did a gesture or something that pinged it and got it going. That happened to me once. Um, yeah, I was 
What happened? In my own kitchen. Someone was fixing breakfast for me. She reached up to the cupboard above her and I flinched because somebody, when I was a kid, used to hit me from mm. that exact angle. Right. right. Said, what just happened? She well, that, where, where did that come from? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But we cleaned it up because I knew immediately who it was. It was amazing. Yeah. Really healing. See, and that's very, very um, progressive consciousness to immediately notice that was off. Let me do an internal reflection. Let me go through the, the suitcase. Where did this come from? Let me look at it. Let me address it. Let me heal the wound. And now it is not, you it know, it's so, gone. She did it, it gone. T- uh, two weeks later and I had no trouble at all. That's how it works. Is that reach easy? For the, reach for the same pot. I just was like, wow, that's so weird. But so easy. You don't know what's going to trigger you, right? Exactly. That, I mean, that's why we have a subconscious mind. It keeps <laughs> okay. all that stuff. Right, right. Okay, so here's an, here's another example. The common phrase, I love you. Um, some, some people are like, okay, but they don't really, it, some, some people need more. So what what I would typically say, and from the Buddhist perspective, if somebody needs more, because usually if somebody needs more than I love you or love you, it's a little bit more um, nurturing that they need because they're lacking something in the background. You know, they need a little bit more love because there was a little lack somewhere. So uh, if you come across something like that, that you say, I love you, you've always been enough from the moment you were born and conceived into existence. Anything you do forward is a gift. And for that That's person, beautiful. for that person who who has who who is lacking on love somewhere in their past and they need more than just a simple I love you hug, that something like that would usually fill that that void up really quickly. Because that's it's, interesting. That's it's beautiful. True. Yeah. Um, uh, what would you say to I, somebody who needs a little bit more what love? That, what that person might need is more um. I love you said like that, like you said, it is a, usually a hello or a goodbye. It's not a, it's fast, right? And that person, what that person needs is a little more attending mm-hmm. to than that, a little more attention. So what I would do for a person like that is not say the words you said, I would touch them. Mm-hmm. I would touch them and say, I love you and really connect, right? eye to eye connect actually connect chakras is what i would do so that look in person, people's eyes people if right. you're going to communicate with them you gotta look into people's eyes right felt seen yeah. really seen because a lot of times those social uh uh expressions are used actually strangely and i know you're going to know what i mean von to distance ourselves from people mm, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. to connect and this is and i you know i don't mean to bash social media at all but i'm not a fan of social media by any stretch and the reason i'm not it's a double-edged it's be- sword it's a morgy well, it's, be- it's because they're called facebook friends yeah my, my definition of a friend is would you come and get me out of jail if i were stuck in lima peru and you were my one <laughs> phone call, right? Yes, you were I my would. one phone call. That's if you're my best friend, friend I would. That, if you, yeah, I would. <laughs> right. But but that's not who you that's not who's your Facebook friend. Right? right. That's not who your Facebook friend is, usually. Right. Those are people you know. Right. If you feel like you have to curate your life in front of some people, those aren't your friends. 
Right. Those right. are acquaintances or colleagues, but they're not friends. Yeah. They're friends you don't have to curate your life for. Yeah, we will yeah, exactly. I, I would I would definitely agree agree with that. Um, okay, so how do we use peace to transform fear? Um in these common examples people struggle with. So I'm going to give you a common fear and, and I would love you to provide your insight. So uh, these are the common fear um, and you wrote about this in, in using peace to address them. Fear of dying of an illness such as a super flu, which is shown excessive masking and hypochondria in some people. Yes. Um, that's actually a fear of trusting mm. that you'll be all right. So what aren't you trusting? Well, you're certainly not trusting other humans. Right. And this is in a scenario. Like I had somebody that. be so scared that because I didn't get a, a certain inoculation, they told me that I should just die. I sat with them for 14 years in the office next to them. That's how much fear that person had gotten over it. God bless them. But yeah. The I listened is, to my doctor and, and that, that was not the right answer for that person. <laughs> right. So the So the bottom line is, you know what? Trust, we'd like to talk about having trust issues mm -hmm. that me and and what that means to most Westerners is I don't trust other people. Mm. Here's what I say. Garbage. If you have trust issues, who you don't trust is yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Start at home. Oh, and or do you have a connection? To the cosmos. Do you have a connection to the Buddha within you? Do you have a connection to the God within you? Do you have a connection to the Christ within you? Do mm -hmm. you have a connection to divinity at all? Because if you do, part of that is trusting that you are in the right place and you are doing the right thing. So if you get that dire disease and you more than anything in that scenario, I would say that's about anxiety and a feeling yeah. of being out of control. Okay. Yeah. Well, guess what? People I survive from illnesses all the time. Well, Deadly not, ones. Not only that, but we have yeah. this, un in the West, we have this unbelievable illusion that we're supposed to be in control. Excuse right. me? In control of what? Here's where you're in control. Watch carefully. Between here and here. That's where your control begins and ends. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't get to control other people. And excuse me, I can barely control myself. <laughs> Why would I want to be responsible for controlling other people? Right. Well, I forgave, I forgave that, um, that coworker the minute that that was spoken because I understood the fear, um, and the lack of, um, of love that that person had. So I forgave them. Um, here's another, here's another one. The fear of World War Three famine and dystopia. Oh yes, um, this is a common one. We t yes, we tend to imagine worst case scenario. Right. 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 So I want to upgrade that the notion of that. Right. Human beings tend to go toward pleasure and to avoid pain. Right. Very simple. That's like mm -hmm. basic psychology. Yep. Well, except that, except that here you are with an ice cream cone with your favorite kind of ice cream and you're having your ice cream cone and all of a sudden you think, oh my God, I'm going to finish this ice cream and then I'll be in pain. 
But wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you, you have the ice cream in your hand right now. And so when you're in the middle of pleasure, but when you're in the middle of pleasure, you're worried that you're going to lose the pleasure. Whoa, 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 well, you know, whoa. you're never in the moment. That's right. You're right. never in the moment. Yeah. Ne- so dystopia is some kind of fantasy prophylaxis. If I imagine the worst thing that can happen to me, it won't. Right. But then you attract well, it. Well, because... exactly. And it, and it's like, you know, there's I chose the word prophylaxis on purpose. You know, condoms don't work when they're in the drawer. They only work when you use them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the same thing's true here. Okay. You can Most imagine. Of the time. Yeah. Dysto- right. You can imagine dystopia if you want and scare the bejesus out of your, yourself. But nobody's doing that to you, but you. Right. You can only handle, you can only resolve the issue, whatever the issue is, at the moment it's happened to you. Like you have, until it happens, it's kind of premature to use so much energy. It's a theory. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was on the phone today with a client who said, I'm, I'm running out of money. I have all the money I need for February. I have all the money I need for March and I have half the money I need for April. And I said, you're not allowed to worry about April until March. Exactly. You, you fear not having enough to survive is, is premature. Like, wait a minute. You haven't what even the, lived the, yeah. Right. And I finally said to her, okay, why do you have to be worried? Why do you have to be fretting? Like you don't recognize yourself in the mirror if you're not freaked out about something. Because maybe you want to change your mind about that. She went, oh, God, what a great idea. I don't have to be freaked out. No, sugar, you don't. Right. You choose to be freaked out. Uh, You you could take take everything of a grain of salt and and look at your past history. Typically, if you look at your past history of all the crises that you've lived through, once you lived through it, you actually came out on the other side pretty well. So whatever crises is going to happen, you're going to come out of the other side pretty well. So give yourself some credit. And you're going to deal with it when you have to deal with it. Yeah, when it when it actually manifests. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. maybe it doesn't manifest at all. Exactly. See, my mother was one of those people who liked to worry in the, in the name of prevention. Like, if I worry <laughs> about this, it won't happen. Well, I, I, okay. me, I was probably about seven when I figured out that she was so good at worrying that I didn't really want to learn how to do it. So uh, she was a good did. mirror for you. She was a good uh, uh, I never did. Teacher. I, I just was like, no, nah. I mean, and all, all kinds of not so yummy stuff has happened to me. Right. But Okay. You deal with what you deal with when you deal with it. And until, you know, I, I wrote a play once called I Would Never. And one of the characters in it says, uh, you don't know what you would never until never is now and you're doing it. Right. Right. And you got to remind yourself, well, wait, wait. You know, the sun came up this morning. I saw a beautiful rainbow. Mm -hmm. The dog was glad to see me. Um, uh, I got the baby to daycare on time. I got to work on time. I had my favorite soup for lunch. I mean, you know... uh, the gra- the practice of gratitude in the moment can resolve a whole lot of that. And I don't care if you have to start with 
you and you're know, not doing it alone. Everybody's doing it too. So your little finger and then your yeah. ring finger and then your all your toes. I mean, you have 20, usually you have like 20 things to be thankful for already. Mm-hmm. Right. Did your car start this morning? How's the weather? Like, wait, divide things into teeny tiny pieces that you can appreciate. Right. Right. I, I take this to I take this to the notion of if you but people love predicting the future because like the, they like the the scare I think people kind of like the scare they like to be spooked a little bit um, it makes them realize ooh I'm alive um, but if you took all of your hard knocks that you've experienced in your life so far and you told yourself before them happen when you're little like you're gonna have this divorce you're gonna have this this you're gonna have you're gonna lose your house you're gonna da, 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 whatever these things how scared would that kid be to grow up because they know, Oh, it's going to be so bad. But if they didn't, if they just learn what they learned to be the most capable person, and then they go through those life blessings, they always come as they're going through it and dealing with it bit by bit as it's happening, they come out on the other side, stronger, better, more capable. You, for the most part, they 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 trans they transcended the experience very very well and, and their own li- imaginary limitations with it, exactly exactly right? like i could never deal with that how do you know you don't know what you could never until never until it happens it. yeah that's right so all you could um, do is prepare yourself as best as you can and then just well and you can't you know my dad was killed in a plane crash when i was 5 and who plans for that? Right. Right. My mother then married three alcoholics in a row. Okay. That wasn't fun, but it happened and I'm Mm -hmm. still sitting here and it's all right. And I, I made some pretty serious decisions for myself when I figured out what was going on. And that was, I wasn't going to drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I saw where that road goes. Uh-uh. Not walking down that one at all. Not yeah. daytime, not light time, not nothing. Right. So, okay. so those are those, those are some good teachers for you because you were able to uh to see what you didn't want and choose exactly. what you wanted. And yeah. Sometimes knowing what you don't want is absolutely necessary. But mm-hmm. don't move in. Don't buy a house in what you don't want. Yeah. Buy the house <laughs> in what you do want. Exactly. Um, Miss uh Dr. Dr. Corso, do you have a gift you like to offer listeners? Oh yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you remembered. <laughs> yes. Um and it's a real I wa- I want to tell you this is a real gift. Namely, you don't have to give me your email address. There's no bait and switch, right? Go to chakras.susancorso.com, which um, I'm sure Vaughn will put in the show notes, chakras.susancorso.com. And there you will find something that I created called the less mores. Mm-hmm. There are eight of them. They're binaries and they are meant to help you start work with your chakras right now. So like this first chakra, the first less is complain less. The second, the the more is thank more. All right. So if you're working on first chakra issues, red, right? Thank more, complain less. 
Look around. Are you complaining? Is someone in your life complaining? What are they complaining about? What's going on? Okay, does that person need some appreciation? Does that person need to be thanked? Do you need to go look in the bathroom mirror and thank yourself? Because nobody's thanking you, right? Mm -hmm. It's an immediate practice of shocker work. And yes, another screen will come up that allows you to put your email address in if you want to stay in touch with me and learn more about my work. But you don't have to, right? Chakras.susancorso.com. And it's so much fun to work with chakras because they're so effective. Right, right. Well, if somebody wanted to... I mean, obviously, they can go to the website and get the book to immerse themselves in some of this knowledge. But if they wanted to take it further and take a course and learn more, um, where do they start have, with you? All right. So, all right. So, I have a uh, a website called iampersand.org. It's i a m p e r s a n d dot o r g. Um, it's based on the notion uh, that. You know, ampersand is that symbol on your computer over a seven, and it mm -hmm. means and, right? And the re and and the reason is because I have said for years and years and years that the most important word in every language is and, because we hurt ourselves over and over by using the word or, right? It's not either I can be happy or Vaughn can be happy. It's Vaughn and Susan can be happy, right? Mm -hmm. But only if I'm willing to include her in that. Or she's mm. willing to include me, right? That's why ampersand. But there is a page there called Chakra World that has all my chakra offerings. Mm. So some of that is apprenticeship. Some of it is working through the workbooks. Some of it is classes you can take. Um, uh, you can uh, have the chakra lifetime quiz and show find out what your lifetime chakras are, which is very exciting. Mm. And I'm actually working on something very cool right now that uh, I'm in the process of uh, figuring out how to teach this to people. But it's a combination of chakras and astrology. That's very Ooh. exciting. It's called chakra astrology. So um, there are I, I'm constantly working on chakra things. Um, so that's where you find me. And there are, there's a contact sheet, uh, there and on my fiction site, cause I write a lot of metaphysical fiction. So I write fiction about people who want to live based on spiritual principles mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every single day. Cause I couldn't find any books about that. Right. The first two books that I knew of that were ab about spirituality were the Celestine prophecy and the Da Vinci code. Right. But those are action movies. Those aren't right. books about people who live spiritual lives, right? I wanted to write books and read books about people who live spiritual lives when someone cuts them off on the highway or when you right. run into your, the meanest girl from high school, like the everyday spiritual life, right? right? How do you, how do you traffic in meaning, which is really what spiritual practice is? What is the meaning of this, whatever it is, right? Right. Well, everything um, is spiritual because right. everything is a projection of your spirit. Right. So though that's all that can be found on susancorso.com. So I'm I, it's it's a lot of fun all the work I do. Awesome. Well, do you have a last message for fifth dimensional people of earth? Yes, your imagination is your salvation. Love it. I love it. If you well, can't imagine yourself in this fifth dimensional reality. You can't go. It's that simple. Just imagine it. You can go there. Yeah, that's awesome. And where do we go? 
wherever you want. Ooh, I like that. That's a good ending. All right. Well, Dr. Susan Corsell, thank you for offering your lifetime work in seeding your novel with metaphysics and also for teaching us more about how our human aura affects the experiential reality we attract. So for more information about Dr. Susan Corsell's books and offerings, please visit her website, susancorsell.com. The other website links are also in the show description below. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.